I got to get used to that. Psalms 51, verse 10. <laughs> and I'm going to get used to that. But tonight I want to speak to you for just a few minutes. I will do my very best. And um, Brother Tommy's not the only one who's always had to apologize for maybe going a little long because sometimes I do. So if you see my wife going like this, you know, that means I'm going a little long and I'll do my very best to stop. But tonight I want to speak to you for just a few minutes on having a clean heart. Psalms 51 verse 10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. I have a question for you. Does that happen automatically? Does God just cause that to happen? Does that happen all by itself? Hmm. You guys can go ahead and have a seat. As I was, this truly is the, one of the one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. A couple of verses down it says, David said unto, said unto the Lord, he said, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. But that's a whole different sermon. So we're going to stick with this one right now. But so many times we come to God, God, I'm sorry, I messed up. I don't know about you, but I can stand here and say, yeah, that's me. Been there, done that, bought the T-shirt. That'll get you in trouble, Chris. I promise you. <laughs> you can't just keep pointing at her. I've done it. It's like, Psh! but no, I've messed up. And the thing about it is, God is always faithful to forgive us. He's faithful to forgive us. And we get to that point of like, yeah, I'm forgiven. Because God looks at you. When, he's, when you say, God, I'm sorry, forgive me. He looks at you and he, and he says, okay, I'm waiting. You say, God, forgive me. He forgives you. He creates in you a clean heart. From that point on, God looks at you and says, that is one of my children. I have, he has a clean heart before me. The thing that we forget so many times when we do that, because I don't know about you, but I've made more than one mistake. Am I the only one? Because, yeah, I've made more than one mistake. And there's times that I have to go back to God and I'm like, oh, God, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean to think that. I didn't mean to have those actions. So many times, along with our text, it's like, God created me a clean heart. But we leave out the rest of it. Renew a right spirit within me. The thing I want to speak to you tonight about is, you know what? When we have the clean heart, we also have to take into consideration that we need to reprogram the outside. We need to make our outside life and our, our, our walk, our talk, our thoughts, anything and everything that we do, line up with what God's word says. Because if we don't, are we fooling ourselves? I truly believe that we are. Because our motives and our actions matter just as much as the intent of our heart. Because you know what, we're going to get into it a little bit here, but the thing about it is, all these things, and we're going to cover each point, all of these things come out of your heart. Your motives, your actions, your intentions, it all comes out of your heart. We're going to get into it just a little bit. It says, in just a little bit, we're going to get into this verse. It says that life flows out of the heart. The issues of life flow out of your heart. So I want you to give me just a few minutes. Go down this path with me this evening because I want you to know something right up front, that the condition of your heart, the condition of each and every one of our hearts here tonight has a great deal to do with our faith walk and whether we produce good or evil. That's right. 
Simple as that. It's simple as that. God knows from the beginning and the end that we can hide nothing from him. And we're going to get into that first. So if you all have just a minute here, I apologize. I didn't know that we had all the uh, available electronics here for uh, speaking because I would have given her every one of my verses that I was going through, but I didn't do that. So hope everybody has your Bible. Everybody has your Bible tonight, right? Woo, okay, we'll work on that. We'll work on that. But anyway, I want you to turn to Psalms 139. Very familiar psalm. And we're going to start at verse 1. And we're going to get into this, the clean heart, renewing the spirit, and how we need to live our lives before God. I'll give you just a minute to get there. Starting in verse 1, it says, O Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before and have laid, upon, <clears throat> laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? Seven verses say one thing real quick, and they say it real concise, and they can say it any way you want to interpret it. God knows what you're going to do before you do it. God has given you the choice to make that decision before you do whatever you do. So when God saves us, the choice becomes clear. Do I want to live for him? Or do I want to be over here? It's like, yep, I go to church every Sunday, every Wednesday. I'm at all the prayer meetings, I promise you. I do everything that the preacher tells me to do, and even all the teachers. I do it all. But are you a Christian? Are you saved? Are you on your way to heaven? I'm going to ask this question at the end tonight, too. But do you think it's time that we become honest with ourselves? I've had to do it. And I'll stand here and I told you this morning, I'll cry because I am thankful for where God has brought me from and what he has done. Because you know what? I haven't always been honest. I'm going to give you just a little bit of history. I, I grew up just like Brother Tommy. I'm a PK. <laughs> and the only reason that the PKs turn out the way they do is because we play with the deacon's kids. Let's just be honest, Okay. <laughs> The truth is, I grew up in church from this high. Even my grandfather was a preacher before my dad. I grew up in church. I knew the truth from the time I was old enough to understand the stories that were being told to me in Sunday school, children's church, in church. I grew up in it. Guess what? I wish I could tell you I've lived a perfect life, but I haven't. God had to bring me back in. Because as soon as I graduated high school and I got into college, guess what? I took off and I ran. I knew from the age of 14 that I was going to be a preacher someday. But guess what? I was scared. I took off and I ran. So there was many nights. And I've told my wife, there's many nights. I'd come home. I bartended all the way through college. I'm not proud of it, but I did it. I lived a life that I shouldn't have lived. Did I drink a lot? No. But was I in that atmosphere? Was I living that life? Oh, yeah. Casinos, yeah, I did those too. 
I did a lot of things that I'm not proud of. But you know what? Every night when I came home, before I closed my eyes and I went to sleep, guess what I did? Anybody want to guess? I prayed. God, you know that what I did tonight was wrong. You know that I didn't mean to do it. God, I'm sorry. Now, let me ask you this question. Was I being sincere? Yes, I was being sincere. Was I willing to let God change the outward side of me along with the inside of me so that I didn't go and do it again? Why not? Because it's so convenient just to say, I'm on my way to heaven, and I can live like anybody else out in the world, but I'm on my way to heaven. How many times? I know I've heard it at least ten times since I've been here. Want to know why that this church isn't full and why there's people out here on the street that don't know that we exist? That's why. Well, I'm a Christian. How you doing? Really? But weren't we? You were just, yeah, I was just doing the same thing you were doing. But I'd like to invite you to church. You know why the millennial age doesn't want anything to do with the church? They're tired of hypocrites. Tired of hypocrites. Creating me a clean heart, God, but the rest of it I'll deal with on my own when I'm ready to. No. We're here to tell you tonight that the commitment from the heart is also a commitment to the body and the soul and the spirit. It's everything is involved. When you make that commitment, say, God, forgive me. Created me a clean heart. Created me a clean body, a clean mind, a clean mouth. Well, what's my mouth got to do with it? Did you hear what brother so-and-so did last week? Yeah. It's destroying the church. Or did you see what that person did? And they call themselves themselves a Christian. I remember growing up so many times you hear the stories of, and I know that a lot of people here can, can identify. The drunks used to come in off the streets. And they used to sit on the back rows. And... They, would, they wouldn't be bothered. They, nobody would say, oh, well, there's the drunk. You know, we're not going to do anything. It didn't matter the people's lifestyle. It didn't matter what they were involved in. They knew they could come to the church. But we've gotten to a place now where, well, you know what? I don't need to be involved with that person. I have a clean heart. I'm holier than they are. Mm-mm. God knows all the things that we do. And he knows if we do them for our own ambition, our own motive, or if we're truly doing them for him. He says in Proverbs 4 and 23, he says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. I told you earlier we was going to get into that, didn't I? How does life spring out of your heart? I'm going to see if I can give you just a couple answers this evening. In Luke 6, chapter, Luke chapter 6, verse 45, it says, A good man out of the good treasures of his heart bring forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart bring forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I'm a Christian. Prove it. What's in our heart... Don't kid yourself. Don't play a game with yourself. Don't even lie to yourself anymore because that's where I, I'll put it. 
you're lying to yourself. If God's not in here, God's not coming out here. Good and evil don't exist in the same boat. They don't exist in the same life, and they definitely don't exist in the same heart. You can't have an evil heart and speak forth good. You can't have a good heart and speak forth evil. It's one or one. Anybody here go to the first grade? I did. What's one plus one? Two. Okay. So can one good and one good make two good? One plus one. Right. (laughs) I wasn't trying to trick you. Good heart, good mouth. Good. Evil heart, evil mouth. It's evil. You can't mix them together. Anybody remember our 16th president? Who was our 16th president? Anybody know? Corey? Abraham Lincoln, 16th president. What, what did he say about the Union during the Civil War? What did he say about our country? And it's even in the Bible. Jesus said it. House divided, can't stand. Good and evil can't be in the same place and work out. It doesn't happen. Because there's always going to be one that says, well, I'm in charge. Well, no, I'm in charge. Do you want to get up each and every day and say, okay, well, today you're going to be in charge, and then the next day you're going to be in charge, or would you just rather be the same the whole time? Just asking, because, I mean, Paul did definitely say, and he said it very clearly, I crucify the flesh daily. But did he say that I give in to evil daily? No, he's, what he was saying is I'm dealing with the temptations. I'm dealing with the evil that tends to want to roll through my mind, wants to come into my heart, but I say, no, I'm not going to deal with it. I'm done. So if it's coming out of our mouth, then don't give me a reason and say, well, no, that slipped. It came out of your heart come out of your heart oh lord you know i didn't mean to have that thought it came out of your heart anybody ever heard the phrase garbage in garbage out comes down to that it really does if i'm going to read filth if i'm going to watch filth if i'm going to be around filth Is it going to get inside of me? We're supposed to be a witness out in this world. But we're not supposed to succumb to this world. Well, I just, you know, I was just hanging out with them because, you know, they're my friends. Great. Did you tell them about Jesus? And the reason I'm asking you that is because I've I've been in that position. Oh, yeah, I got all these friends, and, yeah, we were just out, you know, half the night. Weren't drinking, weren't doing anything. But did you tell them about Jesus? How many here has ever had a chance to witness to somebody and you didn't? I have. You ever wondered... If that was their last chance, if maybe God was putting you there. Mm-hmm. You think people are going to look at you different if you tell them about Jesus? 
I think they will. You think it's going to be bad? Don't care. I don't care if people look at me and say, <laughs> he's one of them. What, what's that term they used to call the Pentecost? The Holy Roller? They're the ones running around the church and they're shouting and screaming and praising to some guy upstairs that they say is their God. Guess what? I don't care what you think. Because that is the goodness that's coming out of my heart that he put there. When he saved me, he installed goodness in my heart. When, oh wait, we're going to get to a point where we don't want to get to because we don't preach about him. When he sanctified my life, he put more of that in there. Mm -hmm. When I said, I'll live that holy life before you, he put more of it in there. When I get up in the morning and the first thing that I do is I open my Bible and say, God, today is your day. And I put that word in my heart. He gives me more. When I get down on my knees and I say, okay, God, this is you. This is about you, not me, you. He puts more in there. So don't tell me that you can't have a heart that is clean and that your spirit can't be renewed as long as your outside is renewed too because the things we put in are the things that are coming out. Don't try to hide that I do this on the side and then, but I'm doing what God wants me to do. No. Time's short, people. I don't know if you know it or not. As Chris was just saying, and as a song we just said, saying, Jesus doesn't know when he's coming back. But I can tell you right now, my wife and I have talked about it. I would love to see my grandsons grow up. Do I want them to grow up in this world? This is more, this is more and more and more sin that just keeps coming out? I don't know. I don't know how much longer the Lord can tarry. So, I'm going to encourage you once again tonight, get your heart right. Get the outside right. 1 Samuel six and seven, 16 and 7, it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see man, see as man sees. For a man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The world judges us by our actions, what we show them. They don't know you from Adam. They don't know you from the next person down the street. How are they going to know if all they look at is the outside? It's a fire shut up in my bones. If it's in my heart, then it's got to be flown out of every pore. You don't have to be all that different. But when somebody says, oh, well, I just don't know how I'm going to deal with this. Have you tried praying? (laughs) What would you just say? (laughs) Have you tried reading the Bible? What? What's the reason why you don't know something? Simple answer. Why do you not know something? Why don't, Tommy, I'll just ask you a question. If you don't know something, why don't you know it? Because you didn't ask? Okay. Chris, you got another answer for me? There, that's, that's one. You didn't study? Okay. Or nobody told me? 
Okay. That's or what? Didn't listen. So ignorance. Not knowing. That's just a big word that combines it all together. Ignorance. Laziness. Whose fault is that? If you didn't listen, if you didn't read, and nobody told you, and you didn't look it out on your own, whose fault is it? <laughs> okay, well, let me, let me put it this to you real clear and real frank. And I want you all just to close your eyes for one second, and I want you to imagine this with me. It's judgment day. And you are on your knees before the great almighty. Everybody got that picture in your head? Okay. And then he says, Chris, why didn't you? What's your answer going to be? Anybody have an answer? Because I already know what God's answer is going to be. Why didn't you? It's nobody else's responsibility. It's nobody else's fault. If you didn't listen, if you didn't read, if you didn't study, and you didn't set your life apart, then whose fault is it? It's yours. If you don't like me when this is said and done, that's okay. Because I'm going to tell you, this is how it has to be. Time is getting short. If you're not making it right now, and you're not going to make it right tonight, and you're not going to start living your life right, then it doesn't matter what you want to tell people, what, what you want other people to see. Because you know what? Soon, the lie will be over. And when I say the lie, I'm talking about the life and the heart that is full of sin that you want other people to believe is exactly what God wants it to be. If you're living the life, if your heart is right and everything is the way it should be, then it's going to flow out of every pore and people are going to know. People are going to say, there's something different about Tommy. There's something different about Kelsey. There's something different about Chris. What is it? It's Jesus Christ flowing out of each and every pore that comes. People are going to notice. You don't have to say anything. You just live the life before them. And like I said, it all comes back to a clean heart. Can you give me an example of that? Yeah, I sure can. Acts 13 and 22, it says, and when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave their testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. That right there. David, and we've all heard it, a man after God's own heart. And it said right there that he will fulfill my will. And just in case you didn't get it, that's, this is God speaking. He will fulfill my will. We are here for one purpose, and if you don't know what that purpose is, is to give him glory, honor, and praise. How do I know? Because it says, if I don't do it, the rocks will cry out. Now, I know it's been almost a year ago, but Tommy came along with Brother Tennyson. They came down to Abundant Faith, and they had a 
class, and Tommy gave a class on illustrations. I took that to heart because the next Sunday morning I gave an illustration on the rock. <laughs> and I gave like five people a rock. I'm like, can you hear it praising? Yeah, if you listen close enough and you're not, you can. It says right here that David was chosen because his heart was right with God. Not that he didn't make mistakes and not that he didn't mess up, but his intention was to serve God and to be right before God. Because we all are human. And I'm not giving you a ticket to go out and sin or anything. I'm just saying if you do make a mistake and it's not the intention of your heart, we do have an advocate with the Father. Real simple. But... A clean heart is what we're looking to achieve. Because if we have that clean heart, what did it just say there? It said that he will fulfill my will. And what's God's will for our life? Does God want us to have tough times? No. Does God want us to always be struggling to make things work, to make things happen? God has blessings for us. But can we experience the blessings that God has for us if our heart's not right? And we're not seeking his will for our life? I don't know about you, but I want to experience the blessings that God has for me. I want each and every person here to experience the blessings that God has for them. God does not want somebody who is just going to be a robot. God does not want somebody that is only going to go as far as their battery or the Energizer Bunny battery will take them. He wants you to continue when there seems like there's nobody else behind you, when there's nobody else that's going to say, come on, come on, come on, keep going. Because I'll tell you what, Brother Tommy's not always going to be here. Sister Sarah's not always going to be here. Other teachers and preachers are not always going to be here. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. He wants somebody that gets up in the morning and says, you know what? Today is the day that the Lord hath made. And I will rejoice. I, I'm making my own decision. Today is the day that he has made, and I'm going to do it. I don't need anybody else telling me, guess what? Come on, let's go pray. Let's go read the word. Let's go live for God today. Come on. Oh, dear Lord. I'm sorry. It's time that we start taking personal responsibility for our walk with Christ. Because like I just said a minute ago, nobody is going to say, but Tommy told me, God. No, he didn't. He told you how to get to me. He told you what you need to do to get closer to me. But he did not say that. Yeah, I'll cover for Brian. No, he didn't say that. But you know what? The world's fooling themselves. And the sad part about it is half the church is fooling themselves. The thing that drives me the most, and my wife and I have talked about it, is people that seemingly know the truth, but yet they're the furthest away from it. My desire And I've had dreams, I've had visions, you can classify it however you want, of just reaching people that don't know. Because you know what? Heaven's a really big place. 
quickest expansion in history. In the, in the whole entire universe, heaven expands quicker than anything else. Every time that there's a soul saved. But yet, without the life that we should be living, heaven is not filling up. Because we're either too scared, we don't have enough information, or we're unwilling to live the life ourselves. I'm going to give you one quick story here as I kind of get to a finishing point tonight. And I want you all to please, if you have your Bible, please turn to Acts chapter 4 with me. I'm going to read you a quick story. It's about two Christians. Two Christians with supposedly good intentions. Everybody at chapter 4? We're going to start in verse 36. And it's about 13 verses, but I want you to read this with me. Chapter 4, verse 36, it says, And Jonas, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted, the son of, can you see my context, Cruz? I'm sorry. A Levite, and out of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, and brought the money, and laid it at the apostles' feet. Let's go on into chapter 5. Everybody already knows this story, right? Ananias and Sapphira. But a certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession, and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy, excuse me, I'm sorry, privy for it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why? I'm going to go over this a couple times. Why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? Why has Satan filled your heart? Did you not? Did you guys all understand it right here at the beginning? These were church members. Ananias and Sapphira, they were church members. It said right there that, why did you allow Satan to fill your heart? And lie to the Holy Ghost and keep back part of the price of the land. While it remained, was it not thy own? And after it was sold, was it not thy own? Power, why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? That thou hast lied unto not thou hast lied, not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing those words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came on all of them that heard these things. And the young men arose, wound him up, and carried him out and buried him. And it was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. And Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether ye sold the lamb for so much? And she said, Yes, for so much. Then Peter said unto her, How is it that ye have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door, and shall carry thee out. Then fell she down straightway at, the, at his feet and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in and found her dead. And carrying her 
forth, buried her by her husband. Wow, wait a second. I just, I just read the story of two Christians. Let me ask you a question. Was their intent right? Is giving to the poor a good intent? Well, yes, it is. Helping other people out, that's a good, that's a good right? Yeah. So, what did I just say earlier? So, they sold this land. And their intent was, we're going to give the money to the church because it's going to help the poor. It's going to help the widows. It's going to help the orphan. It's going to help. Okay. But the mistake that they made in this instance was not that they weren't, intention wasn't good, but they were going to tell a lie to begin with. They didn't have to give it all. But they said, this is everything that we have. And Peter said, why have you let Satan fill your heart? Because it was the question that I'm just getting ready to ask you. Is your heart not your own? Yes. The decisions you make, your own? Yes. What you do with them, your own? Yes. God's not thumping you on the back of the head making you do anything. He sent his son to die. His son rose again. He sits at his right hand and he's saying, God, that's my child. He gave all that he had and all you have to do is make that decision that that's all you want is him. It's no longer about, well, I can sit here in the pew and, and I'm going to say a thing that you've heard a lot of people think, yep, this is my pew. I've been here for 40 years. I'm a member, tithe payer, and I'm going to heaven. Okay, we're going to stand up here now. Pastor Tommy or Chris or Sister Sarah. Let's all have a few minutes. Let's, let's just come up here to the altar before we leave and let's make sure our heart is right. Don't need to do that now. <laughs> I'm sitting in the pew. I'm a member. Your membership means nothing. Sitting in a pew means nothing. If your heart's not right and if you're not on fire for God and you're not sold out to God and you're waking up every day, that guess what? I don't care what you do, what you do, what you do. I'm living for Christ today. And you know what? You're going to be able to see it because I have filled my heart with his word and I've been on my knees. I know what he wants. There's no other way. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that there's another way. Give money. Do works. Faith without works. Dead. Works by itself. Dead. Works aren't going to get you into heaven. Money's not going to get you into heaven. Coming and sitting in a pew is not going to get you to heaven. The only thing that's going to get us to heaven is getting down at an altar on our knees and saying, God, I am sorry. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Give me the desire for more of you each and every day. That's what that verse is saying. Renew the right spirit. God created me a desire for more of you each and every day. I'm going to close tonight with one verse. And you know what? People are like, well, how do I? I don't know that I can do that. I don't know if I want to do that. Mark 12 and 30 says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. No matter what you do, it doesn't matter if you're going for a promotion at work, whatever you're doing in this life, 
everything that you want to achieve that is worth anything requires all of you. Is eternity worth anything to you? Eternity should be the most important thing to you. But I'm going to tell you right now as I close this tonight, if you're not willing to give all of your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, if you're not willing to give everything to God in order to make heaven your home, then either you need to be on your knees in this altar tonight or you need to cut and run. Because there is no if and ands, there is no buts, there is no halfway or half in, half out. It's all or nothing. But I don't know that I can do that. No pain, no gain. Keep it going. I can do it all night long. I can come up with a phrase for everything excuse that you have. But we come down to the basics that it's time to get our heart and life right. And if you're not willing to do it, then get out of the way of the people that are. And I don't mean to be rude, but it's time that we take a self-assessment and say, guess what? It's about him. It's no longer about my wants, my needs, my desires. Because he says, you know what? I will give you the desires of your heart. But first, seek me. Get right with me. So, oh, you got baby. (laughs) I just wanted to, do we have some music that we can just play? I'm sorry, I don't know. I know that we do things a little bit different here, but I have always and will continue until either God tells me not to do it or somebody tells me I'm no longer allowed to do it. I always, at the close of every service, I always want to open the altar. I want to give everybody an opportunity. And you know what? I hope that everybody here is saved, and I hope that everybody is on their way to heaven. But... I want to always give that opportunity because you know what? Maybe you said something. Maybe you did something. That might be my last breath. I might not have another opportunity. I might not get a chance to come back to Wednesday night service. I might not get the chance to come to prayer meeting. I might never get another chance to make sure that my life is right. And the way that I do it is I just have some music being played. And you know what? I'm not putting anybody out. I'm not trying to call anybody out. These altars are open. As we close this service tonight, if you can't make it to the altar,